0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today my guest is Greg Jacob. So, Greg is a quote unquote regular guy who decided to attempt the Navad 1000, which is a 621 mile single stage mountain bike race across Switzerland with more than 100,000 feet of climbing along the way. He's here to talk about how he went from basically zero mountain bike experience to completing a grueling race in just a short time. Thanks for joining us, Greg. Uh, hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It's, it's great to be here. And where are you joining us from? Based in France. A... Okay. Well, what is your background in terms of fitness and spending time outdoors? I know over email, you mentioned that you, you basically had no mountain bike experience, but but you are a pretty fit guy and, and you've spent a lot of time outdoors, right? I wouldn't go that far saying I'm fit. I think I'm pretty <laughs> much average in every regards. And I'm definitely okay. not the
1: sporty kind and uh, <laughs> not, not really into fitness and definitely not into any level of competition in any sports. Mm-hmm. I do spend a lot of time outdoors. I mean, 10 years ago, I moved back to France specifically chose to live in the alps to be able to enjoy the mountains mm-hmm. and i think regard all of the activities that i do that's pretty much focused on actually enjoying the mountains more than specifically any sports so i do a lot of mountaineering mostly in the summer rock climbing ice climbing in the winter uh, a lot of ski touring that's what i've been doing having mostly in the last yeah 10 years yeah and more recently in the last few years few years I was getting much more into road cycling and I really enjoy it and it sort of fills the gaps between the ski touring season and the mountaineering seasons. Yeah. Uh, it works well in the spring, it works well in the autumn and I've been doing more bicycle touring and so cycling is good and it's a different way to enjoy the mountains. It's a good way to cover ground uh, discover new places which are further away from where I live. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so, I've been doing more cycling recently. Yeah. What, what's a good cycling ride for you? How long would you go out? How many miles or hours? I mean, road cycling, I really enjoy three or four thousand meters. And because I live in the mountains, mm-hmm. that's a lot of climbing. That's 10,000 feet, more than 10,000 feet. Yeah, but it's it's easy to do because where
1: I live, and I've moved recently to a new place a few hundred kilometers away, but it's still right in the mountains. And so I can ride three or 4,000 meters in just 100 or maybe 150 kilometers.
0: Mm. Yeah, that still sounds like a pretty good ride. So what, though, inspired you to sign up for the Navad 1000? Am I saying that right? Is it in Nevada? How do you say it? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's
1: probably Swiss. I, I think Navad is actually an Israeli company. I'm not entirely sure, but
0: I think it's uh, the title sponsor for the event. I think uh, it is an Israeli company, but but yeah, what what made you interested in signing up for this race? Well, it's uh, well road cycling. I really enjoy road cycling, whether it's really uh,
1: properly uh, day rides or really long touring. But for quite a few years, I've been. Uh, I mean, the, the key issue is basically the the general behaviour of car drivers, and many many times on the road, I've been concerned. Quite a few times, I've been pushed off of the road. Uh, oh wow! And every time, I thought, yeah, I'm not getting back on the on the road bike. And mountain biking sounds like a, a really good option, and it's. It re- could be more remote, a sense of adventure, so avoiding the uh, angry drivers was a good motivation to get into mountain biking, mm-hmm. but I think more importantly I was looking for a new challenge. A couple of years ago, I did a, an Everest on a, on, a, on a road bike going around Mont Blanc, so uh-huh. cycling about uh, 350k and 9,000 meters in a day which was for me a really big ride and it's something I'd prepared and everything. And once I had done it, I was looking for a new challenge. And the mountain biking was quite a, was offering quite a few options. And I was also thinking of setting a target of trail running, that sort of distance and elevation, but somehow it just didn't go through because I didn't have the time to prepare or anything. Mm -hmm. And, And the key thing was last winter. I Just stumbled on the internet upon a video of Lyle Wilcox uh, racing Navarre one thousand in twenty eighteen, oh, right. and and the video is really good. Cool. Lyle Wilcox appears really relaxed about the event, and and I thought <laughs> the video was really cool, and I didn't think too much about it to be honest. It's just yeah. uh,
0: she makes it look easy.
1: She she does, but I do realize. <laughs> I mean, it's thirty thousand meters, and she does it over four days and a bit, so that's just an amazing level of performance and, and it's clearly not my sort of target. But when I saw the video, I thought that's a really cool event. It's all in the mountains, it's all off-road. Mm-hmm. And so to me, yeah, that sounded like a reasonable target. So I-
0: yeah, Had you been to Switzerland before? Was, was that part of it that you wanted to experience the country and, and see the scenery there? Yeah, I've I've actually worked in Switzerland. I don't live very far from, living in France, I don't live
1: very far from Switzerland. And I've worked in Switzerland, but only the French-speaking part, and not so much the German-speaking part. But, uh, yeah, it all all looked nice. I mean, that's in the mountains. It it did meet many of my type of criteria. It's a challenge, because I've not been on a mountain bike for over 20 years, Mm -hmm. so that was a nice challenge. It was all in the mountains, there's a bit of a sense of adventure, I did not know if I was going to be able to do it. Uh, But after watching the video of Lyle Wilcox, I just took 24 hours to think a little bit about it, (laughs) and I thought, yeah, okay, I'm going to go on the website, register, and just do it, that's the target, I've got six months to get ready, that should be doable.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about that, how you prepared for the race. Like you said, you only had six months, which isn't a lot of time for such a big race. How did, how did you prepare? Well, I initially started with lots of plans
1: and I thought, okay, first, yeah, even before the plans, I had to buy a bike. <laughs> Step one, get a bike. tried to consider many training plans and doing long rides on the road and, but it was still winter. So there was too much snow to do anything. So I did not initially train very much.
0: Did you? Fi- I mean, did you go out outdoors to train, or were you able to do some indoor training in the winter? Yeah, the indoor training doesn't work very well for me. It's not
1: very appealing. I really like the outdoors. So, and there was lots of snow. In fact, quite uh, far into the, the spring and all the way into May, where I live, there was a lot of snow. I enjoy ski touring, and it's some sort of physical activity. Okay, (laughs) it's not cycling, but it's, I'm outside. uh, Mm -hmm. So I've I've managed to do quite a few long rides. I've managed to get accustomed to the mountain bike, but mostly it was ski touring. I've been doing all of the spring and it sort of worked. I mean, clearly I did not follow any of the plans I had for training. I spent uh, I mean, initially, I looked at some GCN videos where they explain uh-huh. all of the high-intensity training and all of that. Yeah, I did not stick to it for more than 10 minutes. It just
0: doesn't work. I like riding my bike and I enjoying think. the outdoors. Was it too difficult or you didn't enjoy it or didn't have the time for it? What, what was it about the training plans that you didn't like? I just didn't enjoy it. I mean, I'm,
1: I enjoy the mountains. I enjoy the views. I enjoy... Yeah. Uh, I mean, being outside and seeing wildlife and meeting people and, I mean, sitting on a bike indoors or sitting on a bike on a flat road doing high intensity intervals
0: just doesn't appeal, (laughs) but not even remotely. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I think a lot of us can relate to that. So talk about your bike and your equipment. You said you bought a bike at the start of this training. What kind of bike did you get and how did you have it set up? Well, it's definitely not a fancy bike. Uh, so after registering
1: for the event, spent just too many hours geeking out on the internet looking for bikes and looking at specs and things, but clearly I don't know anything about mountain bikes. Christ. So <laughs> I've looked at the geometry on my road bikes and I'm very particular on my road bike and my touring bike, like really long bikes. But I could not find anything and try even to relate the, the, the geometry on uh, on right. mountain bikes. They're all very short, uh, very tall at the front, and
0: and not having been on a proper mountain bike for over 20 years. Right. They're, they've changed a lot in 20 years, for sure, and, and very different from road bikes. Yeah, exactly. So I just didn't have the knowledge, the
1: experience, uh, I've read a few reviews, but you sort of quickly get uh, towards crazy expensive bikes. It right. just didn't fit my budget. So I went to my local sort of sports store, superstore, which is a Decathlon, and bought a one of their own house-branded mountain bikes, an aluminium hardtail rockrider oh, wow. mountain bike. And you know, They're pretty cheap. I mean, that's a reasonably priced bike. And it's mm-hmm. Generally, they're well-specced. They're I think the brain recognition is not exactly brilliant, uh, but it right. doesn't matter too much. I mean, it's just a bike. And I know the service is really good in, uh, in, in my local shop,
0: in my local Decathlon shop. So it just worked. Cool. And did it work out okay? I mean, you, you liked the bike in the end. It wasn't too rough or the geometry wasn't too different for you? I would
1: probably do things now quite differently. I mean, over the last (laughs) six months, so I've been riding the bike initially a little bit during the training, during the event. I mean, the the really good news is that it actually worked. It got me to the end of the race. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you can't complain too much. Overall, it's actually really good. It worked. Uh, Yes, it's not perfect. I mean, some of the the, the drivetrain is completely worn out. I mean, based on my road bike experience bikes do last for a really long time if they're well maintained
0: the mountain bike it wears out really fast yeah my road bike i i mean i ride it almost every day to the office but i don't remember the last time i'd lubed the chain or changed out any of the parts or anything yeah they just seem to hold up better i guess we abuse road bikes less than mountain bikes yeah exactly and the mountain bike takes a lot
1: of abuse but it sort of worked i mean i would I mean, yeah, I couldn't go into the details, of broken the rear wheel, but somehow, even with two broken spokes, I've managed to complete the last 200 kilometers of the race.
0: Yeah, wow. The
1: wheel wasn't straight, the wheel is now completely tackled, but (laughs) it worked. Yeah, you survived. I I would do things differently with the tires, I would choose much stronger sidewalls, Mm. but... I didn't know what the terrain would be like. So if I was to go for the same race, I would go with stronger tires. But maybe on a different race, that would have worked. I would go, for example, now with a, a bike with no suspension fork.
0: Oh, really? You would go with a rigid bike?
1: Yeah, the, the, the rigid bike, I mean, would save probably about a kilo, save on reliability. I mean, I did break the fork as well, the, the compression there <laughs> the fork wow. is broken. And it would save a kilo. and. Because I'm not a a great rider going downhill, it's not actually, I don't think the suspension fork saves that much time or control on the downhill, Mm -hmm. but the uh, one kilogram saved uh, on the bike is probably very beneficial on the 30,000
0: meters of climbing. Right. right. With all that climbing. Did you have bags, a lot of bags on the bike carrying your gear during the race? What was your bag set up like?
1: Yeah, about uh, which I think the brand is topic. I'm not sure the pronunciation is okay. topic, but uh, that, that's, mm-hmm. they're, they're sort of cheap bikes they are available online. I didn't go into a lot of thinking. I mean, once I had the bike, I had to get uh, all the bits and pieces I was missing. So yeah, the the, bi- the bags and uh, the navigation equipment was probably a little bit more critical. Right. As the uh, spot tracker, which is required by the organization, uh, which is a GPS based tracker. I had, I had to buy a, uh, a Garmin Edge GPS to get the navigation. That's the principle of the race, where they send in advance of the event a GPX file which provides the route to follow. Right. And a, I was using as well as a backup GPS my 10 year old Garmin
0: eTrex, which probably would have been a a better choice as a primary GPS, but... Huh, uh, interesting. Did you have lights? Were you set up to ride through the night if you needed to?
1: Yeah, the, uh, the the very cheapest lights I could find from the same Decathlon store. I bought them at the same time as the bike. And there again, it was probably not the best choice. Because when I planned, uh, when I planned the ride, I was thinking of only riding during the daytime. Mm-hmm. But during the event, the, uh, the conditions were good at night, and the people I ended up riding with, at some point in discussion, we decided to ride during the night, right. and so I was not prepared. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I ended up using my headlamp, I've got a Petzl wow. mountaineering headlamp, which works quite well, and that's what I've used, but, but of course, nothing was well prepared, uh, in, in a sense the only recommendation I could give to other riders in terms of equipment is to actually try to use it in advance and not right. do the same. My mistake <laughs> was not to use the equipment so much in advance
0: and not be well prepared to ride at night. Ah, interesting. So what what were some of the biggest challenges you faced in your training beyond the gear but you know, just getting yourself ready for the race? Did you have any injuries or... Was time a factor for you? Yeah, I would say time is the key factor.
1: Um, But in my case, there was so much snow, so the spring was pretty good for ski touring. The challenge was actually not so much finding time in general, but finding time to go on the bike. When Uh, there's snow, it's so enjoyable to go ski touring. I just (laughs) didn't actually train very much. (laughs) At least nowhere near as much as I would have wanted or as I had planned. Uh, I ended up moving home just a few weeks before the event, so that didn't really help. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in the end, I mean, when when I got to probably about one month before the start of the race, I realized my training was nowhere near what it should have been. Okay. So I just decided to ride from home on the bike to the start of the race, so I took an additional week off just before the race. Uh, And I knew it was going to be a three or four day ride uh, to get to the start line, which would give me, uh, taking a complete week off, would give me another two or three days of rest in Romanshorn in in Switzerland, just uh, near the start line. And that's what I thought was going to be my best hope, going away from my new home, uh, away from the skis, and just go to the start line. And, and it turned out to work really well because, you know, three days of riding to the start, had plenty of time every day to ride the bike, discover the equipment, actually ride the mountain bike. Yeah. Uh, see that the tires weren't very good, uh, fix things and learn how <laughs> to fix things on a bike. So that was actually pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's a good shakedown ride for sure.
1: It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a long shake, shake down. It did rain a lot on the way up, so yeah. that wow. wasn't all perfect. But it's good for the environment. It's one less train ride.
0: Right, right. Well, and it seems risky to do that again because your equipment could fail, or um, you could, you could get tired out. I mean, that's what I would be worried about. I would be, I would be resting up right up until the race. But sounds like that worked out for you. Yeah, it,
1: it worked out. I had planned two or three days of safety margin where my goal was to rest uh, near, the, near the start line, but it's, I mean, whether it's the approach ride or the, uh, the race itself, it's a really nice adventure, but at the same time it is quite safe. I mean, if I had broken down, I was somewhere in Switzerland, so right. I guess within 50 kilometers of, of a bike shop, I, right. I don't think, I mean, Switzerland is a small country. I'm sure anywhere in Switzerland, you're within 50 K of a bike shop, right. uh, you're within probably 20 or 30 K of a train station. So it's always possible to
0: get on the train, uh, save some time. Yeah. Well, did you ride your bike back after the race or did you take the train home? I
1: was planning to ride the, from, from the finish line and go back home on my bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I must say, I was extremely lucky. One of my friends was following me on, on the track leader on the, uh, on the organization website. And uh, he came to pick me up at the start, at the finish line in the middle of the night. And I was extremely glad. His Jani is a really good friend. Uh huh. <laughs> he was waiting for me at the end. Oh, And nice. I was extremely glad because I finished under the rain in the middle of the night. And if I, I mean, going home was, I think was roughly 250 kilometers and 3000 meters of climbing. Oh, I was extremely tired.
0: I was really glad to see him and not have to ride home. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Don't blame you. I would do the same thing. So what surprised you about mountain biking compared to the other sports you're more familiar with, like road cycling? You mentioned that you've done a lot of road cycling, but that mountain biking uh, was something you haven't done for a long time. It, did you find it more difficult or or more fun or, or what sort of what was the difference? Well, in terms of training,
1: I found it very difficult. Uh, when, when I was training initially, when I got the bike and trained the few, first few times, it was extremely difficult because I'm used to those long climbs on the road, which are fairly constant gradient mm-hmm. or with the gearing on the road bike, it's easy to get a very constant cadence. Right. I know I like my riding at 90 refs per minute, and it's not 92 or 88, I really like uh, 90 okay. refs per minute. Right. Right. And those climbs, the ones I'm used to are usually 45 minutes to one hour, one hour and 15 minutes for the longest climbs. Mm-hmm. And that's not so much what I enjoy, but just what I'm used to. Right. Uh, on the mountain bike, I mean, there are some really steep climbs, very short. And getting the cadence to 90 RPM just doesn't happen. So it's all very different. It's just a question of getting used to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The descending requires very, very different skills and a very different approach to risk, uh, which I'm definitely not good at. But I enjoy it.
0: I actually really enjoy it. Yeah. Was the technical aspect of mountain biking something you needed to work on? Uh, was that part of your training to get used to riding fat tires on rocks and roots and dirt and things like that? It was definitely not sufficiently part of my training.
1: I didn't really consider that. Uh, I just discovered mostly during the event. I mean, I was training mostly on my own in advance of the race. Uh, once I got into the race, I ended up riding with other people. I mean, Day one, everybody goes really fast. <laughs> but after one day, two days max, you end up with people who are similar have similar average speed. Okay. And I was really comfortable on the climbs, but on the descents, I clearly could not keep up with anyone. <laughs> but speaking with people and looking at what they do, trying to keep up in the descents, I just learned. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to... I mean, I don't take really crazy risks. And I'm sure the people at the front of the race were going much faster, both uphill and downhill. Mm -hmm. But the people I was riding with, I mean, I had to learn from them and see and and not do it too seriously. And I think on this type of event, everybody's got a big safety margin on the descents. Uh, It's just a question of not breaking equipment Mm -hmm. and not falling. And so it, it sort of works out in that sense. I mean, it's a question of learning on the job. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. sounds like you did some of that in writing to the race as well, which is an interesting approach, but one that I've found myself works for adventures like this. Yeah, it
1: worked and, and, and it's part of the, uh, the, the, the really good and surprising thing about mountain biking and the key defense, I would say compared to road cycling is that the people are really nice. Not that the people (laughs) doing road cycling are not nice, but I ended up for the first time in my life, well, not in my life, but in 25 years, in a competition. And still the spirit is really, really good. Yeah, interesting. Maybe it's the nature of the event. Uh, Most people are riding for maybe 18 or 20 hours per day. So of course we're not going very fast. We have enough time to speak on the climbs. Mm-hmm. And we end up with similarly minded people. But it's a really good spirit. There's a lot of diversity. Uh, people of all level of fitness, sex, age. And it's a really, really good spirit. Much, much less competitive than what I've been experiencing on the road. And possibly similar to ski touring, where the super competitive Carbon obsessed people do end up climbing the same mountains as average ski touring
0: people. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: that is interesting because this is a race. I mean, it's still a competitive event. I mean, maybe not everyone is there to to win, but it's still a race and that's interesting that you found people are much more nice for lack of a better term during the race than just on regular road rides.
1: Yeah, it's but it's okay at my level of the race. I, I can only talk with the people I was riding with, so people who are doing the same sort of speed. I'm sure the guys at the front of the race were aiming for finishing the race in four or five days. They're getting much faster. Maybe they don't have much time to speak and stop for a lunch break and a, and a coffee and everything. Right. <laughs> but in the back of the uh, the
0: group, it's a really good spirit. Cool. So you turned or are turning 40 this year. Do you think your age puts you at a disadvantage for adventures like this, or are there some advantages to your age? I uh, very much like the way you're asking the question. I'm actually turning 40, and that's a, that's a big
1: difference 30. compared to <laughs> turn 40. <laughs> uh, so technically, I'm still in my 30s, okay. uh, but it's only a matter of weeks. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, th- I don't think it's any sort of disadvantage. I don't actually know the exact age of the winners, Uh, the the guys at the very front. uh, Maybe they're in the early thirties rather than extremely late thirties, but... (laughs) Hanging on to the last of their thirties. But Looking at the event, I think everyone was somewhere between 25 and 75. Oh, wow. And it probably changes the approach. Uh, and maybe for those who are actually trying to win and be at the, the front of the race, it makes a difference. But being at the back for me and being 40, it's definitely not a disadvantage. If, if anything, I've enjoyed everything in the, in the race.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, in fact, I've even enjoyed the race aspect. I was going with the target of thinking, I mean, my only goal was really to finish. And I was thinking, right. if I can finish within 10 days, I'll be extremely proud and happy. Mm-hmm. But day one in the race, I started actually pushing myself. And I really enjoyed the challenge of pushing myself.
0: Yeah.
1: And after two days or so, I realized I could actually push myself to that sort of level of physical effort,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to reducing the amount of sleep I take every night. and oh, wow. I got into the physical challenge uh, which actually even added to the general pleasure of the race. I mean, the whole event is really nice, the the views are amazing. Uh, Northern Switzerland, uh, just before actually reaching the Alps, is just amazing. There's new lakes to discover in every valley, Mm -hmm. there's good food. Uh, I was going to say good wine, but actually didn't enjoy very much of it. Uh, during the race. I <laughs> still had to to ride the bike for uh, probably 18 or 20 hours a day, so didn't have yep. much time for everything. But in that sense, being 40 is actually even better because you enjoy every minute, every opportunity to meet new people. You take the time. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, I was never in a rush. I think the same event at 20 or 30, you might be much more focused on the racing part and the competition part. And now I can
0: just enjoy everything. Yeah. It's interesting that the, the ages of the top riders and well, just the whole field in general seems to be a bit older than you would see in say road cycling where, I mean, what the tour de France winner this year, 22 years old. Right. And it seems like you don't see a lot of those people tackling or people that age tackling a race like this where, you know, it's not just about raw strength. I mean, there's a lot of strategy and, you know, you have to manage your sleep and your nutrition and all those things during the race and and the conditions that you might face along the way. It seems like it is suited toward people who are a little bit more experienced or who are able to, I don't know be a little more calm and collected rather than you know just sprinting out of the gate and and just trying to do it on pure muscle alone i finished the race
1: the, during the last night i joined uh, a swiss guy uh, called Kurt, and i think I'm, I'm hoping not to offend him but if i remember well <laughs> i think he was 60 and we finished oh, wow. at the exact same time <laughs> And I realized, uh, riding with him, he was actually riding quite a bit more slowly than me Mm -hmm. on the hills, but the fact is, after six days and a bit of race, we were on the finish line at the exact same time. Yeah. Huh. And he was just more experienced. Yeah, he was managing his time better. Right. Could ride maybe more slowly, but... If instead of riding eighteen hours every day on average, you was riding twenty hours, that makes a big difference. Or if you stop in a restaurant for your lunch, Mm -hmm. a bigger break in the middle of the day, you might stop for two hours instead of thirty minutes. Mm -hmm. But if you're able to restart and be more constant, uh, eat maybe better. I mean, I've done a lot of mistakes. I mean, that was my first race, but my first mountain biking in 20 years, I realized in in the first couple of days, I mean, I was learning to descend on the bike, but I was also learning to eat something else than Oreos. Oreos (laughs) are really good, full of energy, they're easy to eat on the bike. Yeah. But after two days, it's just just too much. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of things in that sort of race, in the format. Yeah. but it's it's in six days i've actually learned a lot
0: yeah well so what are you gonna do with that knowledge are you interested in doing more races more difficult races or maybe easier races that are a little shorter what's uh what's your next goal well, i'm definitely gonna do a lot more cool i mean the, the race has
1: been amazing it's an amazing experience all the people met have been really nice and if given me a lot of interest, I mean they, they had a lot of experience and I think in just a f- I mean, a few weeks I've gained a lot of experience and I want to use it. Yes, definitely I am going to take part in more of those type of races, the format worked really well for me the sense of adventure and the, 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 the sense of achievement I mean, I'm definitely not the competitive type of person but and the sense of achievement of actually getting to the end in a competitive environment and has been really good. And yeah. I've started looking and I, that was the discussion with many of the other riders, the other events they've taken part in. And there are many similar events, uh, some are more or less uh, famous. I mean, Tour Divide is of course the, the bigger, more visible event. But in France, locally to me, there's La Barudeuse, there's the French divide, which is probably a bit flatter, and there's the Italy divide with more mountain riding. So I am definitely going to be taking part in some of those events. Yeah. I'm actually thinking of going back to Navad for the 2020 oh. edition. Yeah. Uh, because in that specific event, I can actually set a target. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was saying I'm not of the competitive type, but when I finished within a few, nah, for the first 24 hours, I was just
0: sleeping. But
1: after yeah. that, <laughs> I
0: was already thinking
1: of trying to set
0: a target, a more ambitious target. Right. How can you do it faster? Yeah. You're, it sounds like you're competitive with yourself, maybe not trying to beat everybody there, but you're just trying to improve what you're able to do and prove to yourself. You can do it faster.
1: Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I think maybe next year I'll do less than six days. Yeah. I mean, with no training, I could <laughs> wow. do under seven days with some training, better equipment. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can go for six days. So I'm <laughs> definitely not going to challenge the four day guys. They're really quick. I mean, yeah. they are impressive. Uh, I must say, it's one of those things at the end of the event, when I see, I mean, I was riding 18 hours a day. Which is a lot. (laughs) I was benefiting from a lot of help. I mean, I had to pedal myself. There's no one else to do it for me. If I did go at that sort of speed, it's because I had somehow the support of other riders, much more experienced, much fitter riders I was riding alongside. But now... I mean, I look at the guys doing it in four days, they are running 22 hours a day. Wow. And quick. I mean, it's just amazing what the, those guys at the front of the race are achieving in terms of sacrifice and they're sacrificing sleep for a long time. So
0: yeah, it's hard to imagine enjoying that. I mean, it sounds like a very different experience than your experience you know just pushing yourself that hard for for that long yeah i'm sure there's a reward at the end and you feel great about what you've done but during it it must be difficult
1: yeah the the, the lack of sleep turns out for me not to be that hard it's it's the riding 18 or 20 hours which is which is hard but it's actually very rewarding uh, at the end the, the sense of achievement is really good it also happens many other things. I mean, I had not been on a mountain bike for so many years. Now I've realized that the bike is actually quite good.
0: It's mm-hmm. reasonably reliable. Have you been on mountain bike rides just for fun since the race? No, because I need to fix the bike. <laughs> I've been back on the road, road it bike. it into the ground. But, I mean, the
1: bike packing style works really well for quick adventures, for quick non-racing adventures a bit of bike packing and I've been doing a bit of bike packing but with my road bike for a few years Mm -hmm. I think now I'm going to be doing quite a lot of it on the mountain bike I can prepare a route on Google Maps Mm -hmm. uh, get the the GPX loaded to my GPS and the same format but outside of a race just as a quick adventure two or three days works really well. Yeah. And the, the, the mountain biking part, being off-road or off-road most of the time, is really nice for that sense of adventure, mm-hmm. of being in the wild. Right. I, I don't think that the, riding in the, in the French Alps or the Italian Alps where I live, it's a huge adventure. You're always
0: close to civilization, mm-hmm. but it actually feels really good. Right, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story. This is really inspiring, I'm sure, for a lot of people to, to hear how quickly you're able to get a mountain bike and train up and, and do this race and complete it in such a quick time. Um, yeah, that's, that's really cool. And hopefully it will inspire others who are thinking about doing this to give it a try. Yeah, well, that's, I'm
1: hoping lots of people will do it. Actually, I'm actually convinced that... Everyone can do that kind of event. <laughs> yeah, and Navad in particular, it's, it's something I think absolutely anyone can do. It's just a little bit of training, possibly a little bit more than I did. And and it just works. A uh, simple decathlon bike, a bit of training, a lot of motivation, and
0: right. and it's really that's, cool. Yeah, that's the key. Well, thank you again. If you want to learn more about the Navad 1000, you can search for it online. And also you can check single tracks for information about bike packing and gear and all kinds of stuff to help you get started. That's all I've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace.